NXT WWE proudly presents Battleground 2023 here on Tap Out Talk. We're going to be going over the results. We're going to be going over the thoughts and just the genuine things that you would want to know about this PLE on Peacock. Couple of my rules before we get started with the NXT brand as always. Remember, this is developmental territory. Two out of the five stars will not make it on the main roster. Training in progress, keep that in mind as these guys we want to eventually train here to get to the main roster to make it successful. Without further ado, now that we got it laid out, let's get in. Alright guys, welcome to the show. Again, I'm Brian, the Hype Bowler, and I'm back at it again with another PLE results and thoughts. We're going to start this match off with um, the Battleground PLE on Peacock. And we got the NXT North American Championship that's going to kick this off for us. And I want to start out by saying there is a lot that I like about Wes Lee. This is a guy that I've counted down and out for a very long time years ago and he continually impresses me in his singles run in his North American Championship run at that. So how will he fare in this uh, opening matchup against Tyler Bate and Joe Gacy? Let's go ahead and find out. So Gacy enters uh, basically he's the last one to enter the ring and then we just kind of see what factors into what here. Everyone tries immediately at the beginning of the match in this triple threat to steal a pin early but we get a round of two counts to get for that one. And then Gacy is eventually tossed out, and Liam Bate ended up squaring up. But then Gacy's trash-talking them, and they end up going to the outside and kind of confronting him a little bit. Tensions flare, and Bate and Lee then turn on each other before Gacy wipes them out with a dive. Gacy, with a slam on Bate, gets him in a near fall. Lee is backing with the sunset flip on Gacy, but no win, no win for the pin right here. Lee with strikes and a double stomp takes out Gacy, but he follows up with the Frankensteiner on Bate, and Bate turns to be in, seems to be the one in charge. With a pair of overhead suplexes and a fake punch to Gacy into an airplane spin, Lee comes in and uh, hits a kick and gets caught by Bate, who turns it into a simultaneous airplane spin and a big swing on his foes. Gacy is up and he catches Lee with the power bombs of into Bate following him with the death drop rock bottom combo type of thing uh, to Lee and Bate. Bate is caught into the rings of Saturn, but Lee makes the save. And there's a three-way fist exchange in a double lariat clothesline between Gacy and Bate as they're going to attack each other. And Lee just basically kind of jumps out of the way, allowing the other guys to knock each other out. Lee then fires right back and hits the ropes, and he hits back the cardiac kick on both of his opponent's heads. If you don't know what that is, it's like the AJ Styles Pele, except for he did it on two opponents here. Everyone is down now. Lee back up with elbows to the corner, and Gacy moves to the end with the sleeper hole. Gacy throws him off into the turnbuckle, and Tyler with, and hits a Tyler driver, 97 to Gacy. A meteor to Bate, and Bate is on the outside now, and Lee with a dive over the ropes and Gacy on the outside wiping out Bate. Back inside, Gacy drills Lee with the Uranagi and Gacy goes upside down, but wait, there's more. That's right, Wesley pins Joe Gacy with the cardiac kick to retain his North American NXT Championship. So my question is now, what do we do with Wesley? And that's my question that kind of makes me wonder 
not today, not tomorrow. Maybe eventually he gets a title shot against Carmelo. But ultimately, I think that a main roster thoughts, I'm starting to have main roster thoughts about Wesley. And when an NXT superstar can get me to think about main roster plans, he's doing something right. It might not be next month. It might not be six months. It might not be a year or two. But my thought is, what can we do with him to make sure he's successful on the main roster? He's got a smaller frame. He's a smaller guy. We're in the land of giants in the WWE. Is there anything we can do to get people... His wrestling will win over the crowd just like they won me over. But I would like to maybe see him. Maybe we put him into a stable or a tag team of sorts, right? To get him, you know, just to kind of use the main area. Um, it'd be too easy to put him in the Hurt Business. You know, we want to throw everybody in that. Or into any other faction. Maybe we get creative. Maybe we put him in a tag team with Matt Riddle and we let them have a nice little unified team, not just the team of Wesley and Matt Riddle, but maybe we give them a team name, we give them a good year together on that first roster and then have a breakaway feud. I actually wouldn't mind seeing a Matt Riddle-Wesley feud on the main roster. So there's my thoughts on that one. Let's move ahead. The second match was a very unique match of the evening. It was our Heritage Cup. Noam Dar versus one of my favorites that I'm starting to like in NXT, Dragon Lee. Noam Dar, Dragon Lee for the Heritage Cup. Now, quick reminder, this is under what's called British Round Rules. It's pretty much like a boxing match meets wrestling. You have rounds and you have three minutes basically to go at it in the round and try to score a pinfall submission or disqualification before the round is over. You go to your corners and then you come back and you wrestle again for round two. It's interesting. Um, I'm kind of curious on that style. I think that could be used on the main roster. It kept it exciting for me. So let's go round by round, pound for pound. Round one, they begin with an exchange of kicks and chain wrestle that leads to Dar on top with an arm bar. Lee rises, but Dar wrenches the arm across his shoulder. Dar transitions to the legs, but is unable to tie Lee up. After a series of kick attempts, Lee gets the better of Noam Dar and ends the round with a drop kick through the ropes. During the break, so there is no pinfall at this point, but Oramensa um, finally arrives in the corner of Noam Dar to support him. So we're on, on, ding, 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 on to round two. Lee picks up with a flying hurricane rata and a boot to the corner. Lee nails a series of strikes and a missile drop kick for a two count. But the back elbow by Dar allows him to tie Lee up for the pin. The one, the two, the three. And we go in on a break and we go to round three. Lee starts the round with strikes and up to the second rope. Dar kicks him off. Dar pummels Lee with forearms and poses for the crowd. He's a two-time Heritage Cup winner. There's a super kick by Lee. It stuns Dar, who gets to the outside. There's a Frankensteiner to the outside and a suicide dive to flatten Dar out. A big knee by Lee, but he can't score the pin. Lee pummels Dar and is unable to finish him as the round ends. Dar then... After the, it's clearly the round's over, hits a back elbow after the bell, and he gets a warning from the referee, which could have been in a disqualification right there. 
So then that leads us into a little heated exchange. Dar's ready to go. He's trying to speed up the in-between rounds. Round four kicks in. Dar hits a big kick and a sliding lariat arm that earns him a two. Lee with an inside cradle, but he eats a kick for his trouble. Lee's battling back, but he wraps up a Texas Cloverleaf, but Manesh pushes um, the ropes to Dar, and there's a spinning depth drop by Lee that ties us right there at two apiece. Mensa and Nathan Frazier continue to get the physical of each other and get each other ejected, actually. That's the end of round four. We then go into round five. Lee goes for another Frankensteiner to the outside and he gets power bombed on the arena floor. Dar rolls him back for a one and a two. He kicks to the chest of Lee's and charges in, but he's met with a German suplex. There's a big sit out power bomb. Boom to the mat. Jakara Jackson comes down to distract the ref and Lash Legend out now and nails Lee with the spit bucket to the ribs. And then the ledge Legend with the bucket lower to the lower back of Lee. Noam Dar then just wins by pinfall very easily at the end of this match, and it looks like there's a bit of a faction going on here. And they got the Heritage Cup for another year in a row. Noam Dar, your winner over Dragon Lee, and the fans are, as you can see in the background here, are all booing and not happy with the results of this one. Again, I think this was another good match. Right now, NXT's two for two in my book. They had a very hot opening North American match with great pacing. And this, while it was still a faster paced match like the opening, it was slightly different to keep my interest. And I've never seen the British rules matches before. So that was very exciting and new for me. Uh, makes me want to go back and maybe try to find some other matches, you know, and hone in on that. We move on to another match. Would it meet up to the first two? It's the last man standing with Dragunov versus Dijak. And the key to the last man standing is you have to have your opponent so beaten down that they cannot get up by the count of 10. A slugfest ensues with these two before Dijak gets the upper hand. And there's exchange and chops and clothesline by Dijak. Dragunov gets knocked to the outside and Dijak grabs steps and tosses them right into the ring. They're back outside now, and Dragunov takes charge, and he goes off the other steel steps, and he flies right into the big boot of Dijak to the face. Dijak with a suplex combo onto the stairs, and now we see the tables, and the crowd goes wild. <coughs> a mistake by Dijak and Ilja, and uh, Dragunov cannonballs himself through the table into Dijak. Both men are up in the ring. Dragunov goes for the deadlift German, but he gets tossed back into the steps that are in the ring. Dijak goes for a slam, and he gets DDT'd onto the steps, and that's gotta hurt. Both men are down again. Dragunov is up at five. He hits kicks to the corner and hurls the steps right into Dijak's face. It's a, there's steps in place. Dragunov is up to the top. He goes coast to coast. He imprints the steps right into Dijak's face. And Dijak is barely to get up at a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and a nine. But he gets up. There's chops, super kicks. Dragunov gets the better of it with another series of chops. And both men are just getting a little crazy. Both men are down. And Dragunov continues to drill Dijak with the chops. Overhead deadlift release German to Dijak. But the 
man just will not die. He's like a scary movie monster, and he just keeps coming back for one last kill. He chokeslams Dragunov onto the apron. Dragunov's back up, and he gets dragged back into the ring. And, and then, Dijak pulls out a kendo stick and goes all crazy on the chest of Dragunov, just beating him senseless. And he says, do you feel alive? Dragunov repeats, not even close. Dijak for a third time tees off on Dragunov and tells him to stay down while wiping his blood onto the kendo stick before destroying the stick. Dijak gets more punishment in the form of a chair. Dijak with shots and guts across the back. Dijak charges and is met with a leapfrog forearm. Dragunov sets up the chairs and leaps off with a super torpedo Moskva and then onto the back of Dijak, driving him face first into the chair. The referee begins his count, but no. Dragunov is up. Seven, eight, nine, ten. Dijak is still down. Dragunov is up, and he survives the ten count because Dijak cannot stand up. Your winner, Dragunov. Another good, different style of matchup. So right now we're three for three in NXT land. We went from one to the next to the next and they were all different, but very high, intense pace. But it was Dragunov here at NXT Battleground that does get a big win over the big man. I wonder where this goes for Dijak in the future. I don't think this match hurt him as much as I thought a loss would. So I am glad to see Dragunov, you know, be able to pull this off. There was a very brutal picture of Dragunov on social media where he tweeted um, back in the room after way later in the night where he just looked totally spent. We then go on to one of my personal favorites, the Creed Brothers, uh, one of the better tag teams that I've seen in a while come along against the Gallus and um, the NXT Tag Team Champions. So, but before that, we do get Noam Dar real quick backstage celebrating with his Heritage Cup with Mensa, Legend, and Jakaro Jackson. Um, he refers to his championship as historic before putting Mensa, Legend, and Jackson over, and they say they um, are the top. Check, please. So at this point, we go into the ring to the tag team matchup. The bell sounds in Julius Creed scores a single leg on Wolfgang. Wolfgang counters and makes it a quick tag to Coffee before meeting the same fate. Brutus is in the continues to put on a wrestling clinic. These Creeds, I almost said Caspers, these Creeds can completely, completely wrestle. Does not surprise me at all, trust me. Tempers flare and all four men are now, are in the end now. Cooler heads prevail, and as they do the Creeds, who take over with a series of knees and strikes, Coffee highlighted a belly-to-back suplex. Quick tags to Brutus, who flies off with a double axe handle. Brutus smash, and now Brutus squeezes with a headlock. There's a blind tag to Wolfgang, who gets the advantage with the hot shot. Wearing Brutus down with a neck crank. A series of tags leads to Wolfgang throwing himself into Brutus with a senton variation of sorts. And Julius appeals to the crowd and kind of plays it, and he works. And then Brutus nails another belly-to-back. But Wolfgang tags in and maintains control over the challengers. Wolfgang takes his eye off of the prize and Julius just gets a tag in. Over a belly to bellies overhead. Straps are down now, a la Kurt Angle style, as Julius campaigns for becoming the new head of Suplex City Time from Shades of Brock Lesnar. 
The Creed's attempt a doomsday, but coffee rolls through. And double slam by Gallus, and Brutus responds with a dive off the rope. Everyone's back up, and a brawl just ensues and happens. There's a rolling spine buster by Julius. Mark Coffey is now in, but Ivy Nile takes care of him well enough. We didn't want a repeat of what happened last time. And then, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Ava. That's right, from Schism. Ava, and she takes out Nile. And then the Creeds are now distracted. Coffey pins Julius after the boot of doom, and Gallus retains their tag team NXT championships. Little weird turn of events with Ava showing up. It's interesting because um, we were trying to put the pieces together on Twitter tonight. We were trying to figure out how does Ava tie into this tag team title and how does she like connect with these guys. That's an interesting and I'm sure time will tell. Oh yeah, we were trying to figure it out on social media tonight. Speaking of social media, I just want to say thank you guys for the connecting out there with me on social media. I appreciate each and every one of you. Like, share, and subscribe on the channel. It helps me out. And even a like, a simple like, really helps me out a lot. So I appreciate it, guys. Let's get on because we got two more matches to go. We got the NXT Women's Championship match that is abandoned at this point due to the champion going up to the main roster. So at this point now, we've got a tournament that ensued, and we have Laya Valkyrie taking on the Barbie girl, Tiffany Stratton, for the NXT Championship. Recently, I know I've become more of a fan of Tiffany Stratton. Um, I like the fact that she seems to have a pretty good work ethic and wants to hone her skills. So, they jockey for position, and Lyra gains control with a headlock takedown and a near fall. Stratton is rattled after a series of pin attempts, but she reads composure. There's a leapfrog by Valkyrie, and she lands awkwardly. She does hurt her knee a little bit, it appears, and she recovers, but there's just something to keep an eye on in this match. She maintains the advantage and gets caught on a diving attempt where Stratton drops Lyra's injured knee onto the apron. They're using it for story now, and then twice into the ring post. So they're getting a little brutal with the work in the, the injury angle. Tiffany removes Lyra's brace and punishes her with a leg whips, and then... In a Ric Flair style knee breaker, Stratton is wrenching at the knee with a submission and including even a stretch muffler at one point, forcing Lyra to cry out in pain. Roll through Valkyrie and then she gets a two, scores a break and then a one and a two. And after kicking Stratton off, there's a figure four attempt. She really is taking a page out of the Nature Boys book. There's a missile drop kick and both women are down. They're back up. They're striking each other. We get a yay, boo, yay, boo with the crowd back and forth. You know, they got their favorite. And then it ends with Lyra with a missile drop kick and a dive to the outside. And back inside, she flies like crazy. And then Stratton rolls through. And then she gets up and she gets taken down with a crucifix powerbomb. Stratton almost takes the stop at the knee and double stops the face. One and a two. No, it's not enough. German suplex by Lyra goes for a roundhouse. Her knee buckles on her. That's right. They're telling the story here. I like that. Long-term match storytelling. Not long-term booking. Storytelling in a match. What did you start with? A little bit of working of the knee and the injury. And that is playing into the ending of this match. And I like that. Stratton, with the rolling fire slam, goes for the prettiest moonsault ever. But the, there's just nobody home. Lyra hits a roundhouse kick. Stratton, a one-two, 
Stratton gets a toe hold, uh, or gets a toe on the rope, barely kicking out. Fans are going wild. They're doing the NXT chant. Stratton meets Lyra at the ropes, and Lyra tries to go full sunset powerbomb, but it gets nailed with a Frankensteiner. Rolling fireman slam, and one, two, and a three. Tiffany Stratton wins via pinfall with the prettiest moonsault ever, and to become the new NXT Women's Championship. So, Women's Championship now on the waist of Tiffany Stratton. I'm excited to see what she will do with this. I want to see what her championship reign is going to bring. So I may have to tag into NXT a little bit more in the upcoming future just to keep tabs on her to see if she will develop the way that I think she may be able to do. But that's enough of that. Let's get to our main event. And that will include my boy Carmelo, Mello, 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 Hayes versus and defending his championship against Braun Breaker. So Breaker basically comes right in um, with his intros. Um, he's the hometown hero, I believe, and it doesn't let the crowd, you know, really win him over. He is still wearing the mad angry dog wolf mask. Looks like the big bad wolf in his entrance. Hayes starts fast with a sliding kick to Breaker's left leg. Ron Breaker tries to keep his distance, but he eats a pump kick and a somersault plancha to the outside of his troubles. Power slam by Breaker, shoulders in the corner, blocks Hayes, Breaker in control, and he taunts the crowd, let's go mellow, and it gives Trick Williams a piece of his mind. A distracted Breaker eats a fadeaway, and Hayes goes right in for the injured leg, punishing him with a single crab leg. Back up, Braun hits the Steiner line in a series of overhead belly to belly, and then reminds uh, that Boston's, he reminds him that Boston sucks, but Lola responds, you suck, you suck. Breaker uh, sets Melo up on the ropes for a superplex, but Melo kicks him off, and Braun quickly recovers and leapfrogs and does a super Frankensteiner, and he gets a one and a two. There's a suplex and it gets countered into a DDT. They trade punches. They're going back and forth, back and forth, faster and faster. And then eventually a little bit more in the match. Hayes springboards off the ropes right into a spear. One and a two. And it's got to be there. It's so close. You could have swore it was three. But Braun is stunned. Trick Williams is stunned. How did that even happen? Braun's crazy. He's going mad dog crazy. You can see the foam on his mouth. And he straps down a series of gut wrench suplexes to make Mello pay. And then Braun scoops him up for the slam, but it gets cradled. And then he's super kicked by Hayes from a springboard DDT. And Mello is up and he flies. And boom! Nothing but net to retain the championship with a pinfall. Current and winner of the rematch. Breaker Hayes Part 2 is none other than Mellow 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 because Mellow is money. Good match um, in this one. I liked it. I actually liked their first match better. I do think that Braun Breaker plays a better face than a heel. But he's working on it. Remember, this is development in progress. So it's the minor leagues, right? Uh, Carmelo is a stud. He is going to keep developing as NXT champion. And he's another one I cannot wait to see on the main roster. Well, guys, let's, that's pretty much it there. So let's get into our final thoughts on this one. So 
here's where they are. The cage theme for the design of this pay-per-view was weird for me. The graphics, the you know, the, the little battleground with the steel chain link fence behind it. Um, I feel like that's more appropriate if this premium live event had a steel cage match involved. So I don't know where that was in their design. I know that's small, but that was something I just couldn't help but think about all night. But I do want to talk about uh, the bookends of this PLE were really good. We had, you know, Wesley in the opening matchup, and then we had Braun Breaker and Carmelo Hayes in the end. And, you know, I think they kind of complemented each other really well. I do think the Wesley match was slightly better than the main event match, but that didn't surprise me. I can't wait to see Wesley versus Carmelo Hayes. You know that's got to happen. So, I did like, you know, the variance. And NXT does do a good job of putting a variety of matches into their PLEs. So, the British Rules Heritage Cup, the last man standing match, uh, the tag matches, the women's match. They just do a good job of making sure. And this is probably on Shawn Michaels down there. Uh, it's probably a really good job. And he makes sure that they have variety and as a viewer i appreciate that and so i will say you know battleground was a good time no alcohol required right i enjoyed it i thoroughly kind of got through it and i was like you know what i enjoy looking at it and it's a huge recovery from spring breaking which uh, was their kind of ple but not really it was like a fake ple right just a themed weekly show and that was uh not a good week to tag in right but i was definitely glad to tag into this one this week so um tell me what you guys thought of battleground um did it you know ask me this did it actually meet the standards of the amazing stand and deliver that happened uh, around wrestlemania time because that was to me the stand and deliver was the best wrestling nxt ple of the year so far but I don't know. Maybe this one is, you know, going to just marinate with me as it settles through. But I definitely say I enjoyed it tonight. And um, that's pretty much everything I got on it. All right, guys. Thank you. And you know what we say around here? Thanks for watching. Like, share, subscribe. And it's never goodbye. But it's game over.